It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. It's Mark and unfortunately it's just me and Ryan tonight. So Ryan, I I suppose I better ask you, mate, how are you aside from, you know, I just before we started, you were chomping down your vitamin C. You're pumping up. You're ready to go for tonight. You, you, you're big for the the number one episode of the year. Yeah, mate. The, the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. You got to uh, got to say your prayers, take your vitamins, and uh, get ready for um, some pot action tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, mate. Well, you don't want to be keeling over halfway through or getting scurvy or anything like that. So, yeah, fun, <laughs> no. Who would, who would do that? <laughs> Fun fact for all of those listening at home, um, I I got scurvy when I was in my early twenties. Uh, if you if you're curious about how exactly a man living in he was Queensland riding the high get, get scurvy, the answer is I I commandeered a pirate ship and uh, I lived on the high seas. And uh, yeah, no, that's actually that's dead set serious. I got scurvy, but yeah, it's a time. It's a it's a story for another time, guys. If you want to know more about that, hit me up on the socials. But anyway, um, Ryan, as you alluded to, mate, we're going to go through the the podcast tonight. So, uh, as you're probably guessing, listeners, that means we're going to go through all of the the key pod options for this year. And um, yeah, so obviously, last episode we covered the the real mirage for the guys with the high ownership. So we're going to do the inverse this week and we're going to go through the pods and, and pick out hopefully some good options and, and maybe some ones that maybe look like they might be pods or, you know, guys we've seen in teams or maybe they're sitting in our teams. Ryan sent me a couple of guys on, on the list today that, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious to see how he managed to get drunk enough to put them in his team. So Ryan, um, May I've, 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 I've come up with some sort of minor miracle and I've actually managed to work out how to use Excel to sort by percentages. So I reckon I think I'm going to be okay to go down straight down this list by percentage. Um, what do you think, mate? Do you want to go lowest ownership to highest ownership or do you want to go highest to lowest? I reckon we go highest to lowest. Uh, keep the, okay. the juicy, spicy ones, the, the, the real pods for the end. Oh, mate. Well, actually, it's funny. You know, the very last guy on this list, which is at 1.1% ownership, who I actually think is one of the better names on the list, is somebody who was on our Studs and Duds slash Real or Mirage episode last year. We were telling everybody not to buy him, and this year he's he's made it onto the podcast as somebody <laughs> I, who I actually quite like and is currently sitting in my team at 1.1%. So, guys, stay tuned for that if you can if you can buckle up for the next two and a half hours while we go through this podcast. <laughs> Uh, but, um, mate, number one on the list here at 8.3%. So I guess he must have been below 8%. His ownership's gone up. Um, I'm assuming this is due to the injury uh, since the last podcast to Sean Bloor. And that would be Jeremiah Nanai, who uh, obviously it's come out on the socials this week. Chad Townsend's doing a, a vlog of his first season in Townsville. Saviour of Townsville, Chad Townsend, the best halfback ever North Queensland's ever had. Um, but he's put out some uh, some images of Jeremiah Nanai doing a, an interview in a number 12 jersey, which has been shared in our Facebook group and it's whipped, whipped the boys and girls in the group there up into a, uh, a frenzy there with Nanai. Now, I just had a bit of a look at Nanai before we started. So he played uh, three games last year with sort of bigger than 40 minutes. 
um, and 33.3 average on new scoring in 63 minutes. So, I mean, it's not great. It's PPM just over 0.5. But, um, you know, obviously we expect him to play a big minute role there. And, you know, uh, it seems to me like he's the only option in the forward pack in that price bracket. And he sort of is almost a must-own. He's only at 8.3%. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, he's sort of one of those ones with, um, you know, his price point and his position. There's really not a whole lot of good, um, you know, sub 500k options for mid or edge getting around. So he's sort of just got to take the one you can get. Um, you know, mm. assuming he can play 80 minutes, he, you know, he should be able to put up a, you know, at least high 30s to low 40s. Like yeah. even the even the worst um, 80 minute edge back rowers can put up high 30s. So um, you have yep. to think there's at least 10 points of value if he's starting. Yeah, no, mate, I think he's a comfortable, like, if you don't have him in your team, you probably need to be to be looking at why. I mean, obviously, if he doesn't get named, it's going to cause some rejigging, and it's probably going to mean running a Targo-Aiken uh, combination in the in the edge, which is, you know, awkward as hell. But, um, yeah, no, definitely Nanai somebody that you can park in your team. I'm pretty comfortable as a Cowboys, mad Cowboys fan. I'm pretty sure he's going to be there. Edge back rower on one side. I think it's going to be Gilbert on the other side with with Lukey sort of coming on and playing big minutes on the edge off the bench. Uh, but um, yeah, Nanai I think is going to be the he's going to be the um, the way Graham to Lukey's CSC for Talakai type thing where you know Nanai is a guy who's you know the big minute. He's a you know he can put guys in space and he's not a, a base stat machine by any stretch, but he's a um, you know, he's a guy you can get through the minutes. So, you know, you have a look at his um, reserve grade from last year. He played five games um, of over 50 minutes um, and averaged 37 in 73 minutes. So, you know, that's pretty comfortable. High 30s, low 40s, what Ryan was saying. So just plug him in. Now, next guy on the list here is Liam Martin at 7.5%. Um, now, I guess I'm a little bit confused as to why so many people are jumping on him, Ryan. And I, I guess I, I haven't, we haven't had a discussion about Liam Martin, which I can me- only assume means that you're in the same mind as me, which is, I mean, even last year he played pretty decent minutes, played a bit in the middle, but still sort of big minutes. Um, but I've got him sort of down for playing that Cape well 70 minute role with Sorensen kind of pinching, five to 10 minutes a game and, and him averaging in the low forties. Is that sort of what you're expecting from Liam Martin? Mm, yeah, I'm with you. I, I originally had him left off this list um, until you picked up on him and you wanted to chuck him in here. But yeah, I I think there's uh, certainly a couple of points of value here with Martin, but not enough to be putting him in your team at that price point. Like he's one of those guys, if he was 50K cheaper, you'd be seriously considering him. Yeah, I've got him sort of projected in the very, very low forties and with a break even of 40. I just mm. think, um, you know, if you're looking for somebody who's going to average 40 uh, and pl- and is available as an edge mid sort of guy, then you can look at my 1.1% and it's going to be a dead last guy mentioned in this podcast as, a, as an option that's much cheaper. So. I guess the upside you could say for uh, Martin is he, he did only score one try in his edge back row stars last year. So maybe, you know, there is a little mm-hmm. bit of optimism there that he could pick that up with, uh, you know, playing outside Cleary because um, I think a few mm-hmm. of his edge back row games Cleary wasn't there. So, yeah, if you want a yeah. little bit of optimism, but, yeah, I still wouldn't be buying it. Okay. But, I mean, what's the best case scenario for him, 45, 46? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think 45 is probably yeah. the, the best case. Yeah, no. So at, at forty, I think you can just you know shove him off and and go for someone cheaper or 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 more expensive. 
Next guy on the list here, Damien Cook. Tom Lee, I just did a uh, in focus on him in the last couple of days for Damien Cook. Uh, interesting look, uh, surprising that, um, you know, just randomly managed to have the worst season statistically of his career as a full-time hooker. Um, I wonder if maybe it had a lot to do with the Rabbitohs going away from the middle of the field. Obviously, they had two pretty lethal edge combinations um, and, and the middle of the field, they sort of were winning the ruck and then shifting it to attack. Whether, um, you know, are we expecting the Rabbitohs to be less dominant and therefore spend more time in the middle of the park defending and Damien Cook sort of, you know, getting up the middle? What's your thoughts on Cook? Because I actually didn't sort of ask you on your thoughts. I just sort of whacked that in focus up. But, I mean, what's your thoughts on Damien Cook? Well, you have to sort of wonder as well, like how the rule changes are going to affect these middle players as well. Like we saw the game go more towards the edge, but now, you know, we're, I think we're going to see a reduction in um, set restarts. I, th- I In my mind, I think there's probably going to be about four to five set restarts a game, um, which is down from about eight or nine over the past couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if we're moving a little bit more back towards the middle, then, I mean, that certainly bodes well for Cook. Uh, I, I suppose he's also really got nowhere to go but up, you'd assume, um, you know, based off last Keep, year. Keeping in mind that he, I mean, he averaged uh, 59.4, but he's priced at 62 for some reason, even though he's losing the tackle bus points. <laughs> it's one of those uh, just fan hub mysteries, isn't it? <laughs> like, I, I know he's, we're not talking about him in this podcast, but I think my favourite one was Adam Pompey, who uh, averaged 29 <laughs> last year, but he's priced at 39. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. I, this is my notes that I've got next to Cook, and, and I want you guys to know that this is a serious podcast where we actually prepare, and I have notes for this one. I said, career low in points, but rounded up because dot, 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 reasons, question mark. <laughs> yeah. It's, um... Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think if you are concerned about Harry Grant um, in terms of, you know, missing week one, hamstring injury, Brandon Smith, you know, storm regression, state of origin, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you've got all these concerns. Uh, you can definitely make a case to put Cook in there instead and and whack the VC on him, assuming that you're going Cleary and Cleary's going to be available week one. Um, you know, that's st- – I, I think I would prefer – and I'm just putting you on the spot here, Ryan, completely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, if you had to choose, you could only have one of Payne Haas or Damien Cook. Who do you think is going to average more this year? Ooh, um, I, hmm, that's a tough one. I think I'd go Cook. I think I'd say Cook. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just just given that, uh, obviously, Kevy doesn't really want to play Haas more than say sixty minutes, and Haas is taking a bigger tackle bus reduction, and he's not a, a huge offloader either. Like he throws the odd one, but not really any more than Cook. But he does bust. He does rely more on uh, tackle bus than Cook does. So, mm. yeah, I think I think I'd say Cook. Yeah, so Payne Haas at thirty point one percent, and Damien Cook at seven point four percent. Just for uh, so, I, I sort of wanted to bring it up. So, yeah, if you and this is when we talk about pods, you know, like a podcast and like, you know, one of the things that we brought up or I brought up in the game theory article is, is talking about, um, you know, there's no such thing. Like you don't have to get a pod, like, you know, or, you know, cause a lot of the times the popular players are popular for a reason. They're popular because they're good. 
they're good buys and, and, you know, there's enough guys, especially at this point in the year, you get your casual teams, you get a lot of casual teams later on, whereas the guys that are just absolute fantasy lunatics like every single person that listen to this podcast they know what a good fantasy boy is so the guys that are high ownership are high ownership for a reason and you know you go look Haas that's where you can make that decision and go all right I'm going to put 25k in the bank and go to a guy that's seven percent instead of 30 percent and is a more than 50 percent chance of averaging better in a tougher position you know that's that's this when we when you say pod that's kind of the I mean, the dream as, as as far as a pod goes, don't you reckon, right? Yeah, absolutely. To <laughs> to potentially, uh, you know, get one over your opposition, especially in these early stages where it's very tired, very competitive. Yeah. And, you, I mean, you still got that flaw there with Cook, though, as well. He's, you know, he's a 45, walk up 45 with a ceiling of 100. Um, Cameron Murray's the next one on our list at 7.4%. Obviously, he's been given the captaincy with the departure of Adam Reynolds. But, mate, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm missing something with Cameron Murray here. Um, he's got a PPM in the low 0.9s, has for his pretty much his entire career. You know, he's, he's priced at 60, and I don't necessarily see that departing very heavily in either direction. Is that just another one of these, you know, floor plays that we're looking at? Average 57 last year, um, but price at 60. Mm, um, I suppose, uh, like, he... Because he, he's not really going to lose too much from the new rules, is he? Like, he, he's, he averages, what, two tackle busts, um, but also throws that offload, one offload a game. So um, I think he's one of those ones, again, like... Like last year, if you take out his injury games, um, his average was 62. So I guess you could say there is maybe a little bit of value there. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's one of those ones you want to target later on, probably not want to start with, I, I think. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's my thoughts. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I Particularly, like, for 749, it's pretty expensive. Like, you know, at that point, you just, you know, surely surely everybody in this price bracket's gone for Pangai. Mm. Yeah, just save I, the. I just uh, don't necessarily understand the upside. Yeah, save the seventy k. I, I suppose maybe the upside is you don't want to risk the, uh, you know, the carryover points of Pangai versus Cameron Murray. Idiot. Yeah, yeah, that idiot percentage. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Well, mate, um, and I guess while we're talking about guys that are savers houses, the next one on the list here is Cameron McInnes, six point nine percent. He is. I mean, coming off a, a season-ending ACL, but the season didn't start. Uh, but his um, average at lock is just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I mean, I've got him... I mean, the big question with McInnes is how many minutes is a realistic expectation for him to play in a team that has two comfortable 80-minute edgeback rowers and Dalfinugan. And, um, and, I mean, they've got Tolman there who... I mean, he can play big minutes, but I don't necessarily think he's going to. And, you know, it seems like their utility is going to be some sort of combination of Blake Braley, McInnes, and Connor Tracy. Uh, and, and uh, I mean, like a Teague Wilton or something on the bench. I, I mean, I've got McInnes down for about 65 minutes a game, particularly to start the year. Um, mm. And that, ha- for me, my calculation, that puts him as a, a very high 50s average, but price at 63 oh. 7% of ownership here. This is another one of those, you know, people maybe just expecting him to play 80 minutes or what? 
Possibly, yeah. I mean, well, this could potentially be one that, um, yeah, it's a bit high risk, but potentially very high reward. Like if he does come out and he's playing 80 every week and he's putting up those, you know, historical lock averages um, getting close to 70, like that is um, a real potential dice roll that could um, really pay off. It just comes mm. fraught with unknowns, uncertainty. Uh, you don't know whether he is going to be playing 80 minutes. You don't know how he's going to um, bounce back after a year off a of footy. You know, is he going to take a little bit of time to work back into it? Um, yeah, there's a lot of unknowns there, but if it does pay off for you, it could be could be a big one. Yeah, well, I mean, he's 112 grand more than Pangai. Mm. So, you know, what's that? Oh, it's a, it's a lot of points. It's it's basically nine points of value you're giving up there to, to, to make that upgrade. Uh, it's mm. just, yeah, I... Like, I mean, I'd love to do it because, I mean, he's a set, like, 100% before State of Origin, you want, you're absolutely going to want to have Ken McInnes on your team, like, round eight, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. I'm going to be wanting to lock him in. Do they play the first buy, the Sharks? I should have done. See, maybe I'm not that organized. They probably don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah, buy round 13. So, yeah, no, they're off. Um, yeah, that'd be right. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously he's not going to get rested in round 14 unless – you know, there's an injury to Damian Cook and probably Abby Corusai as well, depending on how that all goes. But I mean, McInnes obviously he's a he's an absolute weapon and and um, somebody that you definitely want in your final team, but um, not necessarily somebody I'd be wanting to start with. One for the um, the eyeball test and the three date rule, according to TK, <laughs> maybe. Uh, next guy on the list here, six point four percent, Nick Chotrich. Uh, comes back to the Raiders uh, off a uh, oh what started out as a just an absolute monster year, and obviously we uh, at the amateurs here that was one that we were sort of getting pretty you know up and about with um, you know playing at center, doing the defensive workload, and then dropping back and taking back the carries. It was just a thing of beauty for fantasy at his price point, and then he fell off a cliff, and then um, yeah, just obviously. You know, was uh, was struggling to to maintain fantasy relevance, but um, just looking at his Raiders games uh, with the new scoring average of thirty one on the wing, and that's with a fifty six percent try rate. So I mean, it's not a a super high. Um, you know, it's not something that's you know like we're expecting some massive improvement on that fifty six percent try scoring rate, mate. Is there any way that I could convince you to take? Kotrick over a guy like Coates or um, even Jordan Pereira, who we're going to talk about a bit later. After last year, I don't think I can touch him again. <laughs> We've been burnt too badly. But I, uh, to be honest, I just don't see. I, I, I just don't see the like much upside here. Um, like he is a guy that's historically relied off tackle busting. Um, you know how good is this Raiders attack going to be? Like, is he going to be able to put up a, a try scoring rate that? Coates could potentially do in one of the best offenses in the league. I, I just I don't see it personally. Yeah, and you're paying forty thousand for the privilege of finding out versus Coates mm. or Prayer as well. Like, I mean, the duel is something, but I think between Penasini and Stephen Crichton and Targo, there's probably enough in the centers plus Aiken that you don't necessarily need to be putting a massive amount of weight on that duel. Yeah, um, I mean, I know as a general rule, we like duels where possible, but, you know, there's only so many centers you can play. And, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> we, given the, the shortage of cheapies as well, I think most of us is going to also have this William K in our team. Uh, you know, we're going to have 93 bloody center cheapies, which is almost the opposite of what you want. 
because uh, we've all seen how how good centre cheapies are. Uh, shout out to Zaxini from last year. Um, so, mate, next guy on our list, obviously, much better fantasy option in Josh Curran. Uh, now we've seen. Oh man, I don't know. I want. I'm wondering if their neural physio has given us a bumps here on this week three Torhu Harris return. But um, you know, everything's sort of pointing towards week nine, week ten, somewhere, sometime like magic round for for Torhu Harris. Um, and I mean that is looking like they're going to have an Eliasa Katoa edge with um, Josh Curran playing that Torhu Harris lock role, uh, which to me is a 65 minute middle role. Which I mean, I've got that giving uh, Curran an average in the high 40s, price at 54. Is there, I mean, is there a nibble from you for Curran or is he somebody you're happy to let go through to the keeper? I mean, again, like we we keep mentioning him, but um, for me, like Pangai, uh, you know, what Curran is basically the same price, I think. Yeah, they're about seven, Pangai, 7K cheaper. Um, Mm. You know, for for 7K cheaper, I just, I just really prefer the Pangai option over Curran. Um, again, like <laughs> you've got to keep, I just keep thinking about what the physio says in the back of my mind of, um, you know, that Tohu potential return by, because I mean, he didn't say round three specifically. I'm, I'm pretty sure he said like between like round three and six uh, from memory. Mm. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's just one of those, those ones where I'm just, I think I'm just happy to let it go through. I've got, I've got Aiken, I've got my warrior. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm exactly the same. I, I sort of can't really see any upside at all in going for Curran at this point. At 6.1%, uh, it seems to me like people reaching for a pod and the jewel when, you know, I mean, it's obvious Pangai's the easy option there at 16%. Uh, I doubt anyone can afford to have two guys in that price range in the mids given, you know, everyone should be starting with Cleary. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of, you know, uh, going down to one of the guys, you know, uh, Stefano, who we spoke about in the last quarter, another guy, another couple of guys that we're going to cover off pretty shortly, I think. So, mate, next one on the list here, 5.7%, Reed Marnie. Uh, he, mm-hmm. uh, over the last two years, has played 30 games of 60-plus uh, minutes. Um, and, um, I mean, for me, I think he's probably going to, the 65 to 70 minute role seems to suit him a lot better than the 80 minute role. Uh, he just seems mm. to get a bit gassed. Obviously he had a really good year last year, average 61.2, but I mean, I've got him as a kind of 0.75 roughly average type of guy, putting him in the low fifties uh, for my, for my sort of projections. Uh, I mean, surely it's, it's Grant or Marnie and, and not, and not uh, Marnie for uh, sorry, Grant. Yeah, Grant or Cook, and not Marnie for for week one. Yeah, for me, Marnie's one of those ones you you really want to be considering him for you know for draft. Given that there's not a whole lot of elite hooker options getting around, like he's probably mm. you know I'd say a first round pick in draft, just given the lack of elite um, hooker options. Yeah, but for classic, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably steer clear. Um, there's just so many other, well, just not so many other, but there's just two better, I think hooker options around um you don't have to worry about is cook going to be playing 60 minutes this week or 80 minutes um unlike marnie like if marnie's playing 80 he's 
he's usually phenomenal. It's just, yeah, when you lose that those 15 minutes, it's pretty big for a hooker, as we <laughs> saw last year with Marnie at the end of the season. And even like say, someone like Andrew McCulloch losing those 15 minutes really oh, put, a, put a dent in him too. So sorry to open <laughs> up old wounds there. <laughs> oh, I, I still, I still bloody, oh, mate, that, oh, McCulloch, he was just an absolute train wreck, wasn't he? He started so well. Yeah. I think given the fact that they've signed Mitch Rain, uh, and they've also got, like, I mean, yeah, there's this website, um, Twitter account slash, you know, Parramatta Eels fan page thing called the Cumberland Throw, who I, I read their articles occasionally. They're quite interesting. Uh, and they've given me some interesting tips over the last sort of 12 to 24 months regarding their thoughts on Eels guys, which have generally been pretty good. Um, and they're sort of, they're sort of of the opinion that maybe Jay Garth is going to push his way into the the seventeen and, and get a fourteen jersey potentially, mm. um, and and spend some time playing hooker, which is just going to be an absolute nightmare for Marnie. So um, yeah, no, I think steer clear of him in classic re- in draft. I think he's still a top three or four hooker option, but um, yeah, no, not in, not in classic. Uh, skimming across Billy Walters. <laughs> Mate, I'll tell you, we call this on the first the, – uh, the, well, it was actually the second pot of the year, wasn't it, of the Broncos pot? Mm. Yeah, the old nepotism okay. cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first Jake Arthur and now Billy Walters. Just follow your dad. Oh, it mate, works. yeah. Love Except it. if you're Ivan yeah, Cleary, so then you good. follow your son. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, everybody knows who's the best one out of the two of Ivan and Nathan Cleary, and it's certainly not Ivan. But, um, you know, Billy Walters, uh, we've seen only a, a little bit out of him, but nothing to write home about. Obviously, same thing with Jake Arthur. But, you know, Walters is an interesting one because he's at 240K. He's at 5.7% ownership. There's some information coming out that, um, you know, I mean, we broke the news first on the Fantasy Amateurs here back in early January that Billy Walters was going to be a bolter for uh, for week one due to completely unrelated reasons that his dad's the coach. Um, and, um, yeah, it seems that, you know, now that we're entering early February, a whole month later, there's, there's information being leaked by guys who constantly are having information leaked to them by the Broncos that Billy Walters is a bolter for round one. Imagine our shock and surprise, Ryan. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's somebody that he's been in my team actually since I, since I opened fantasy, cause I have just been working on the assumption that worst case scenario, he's going to be at the 14 and, and get a job eventually. And, Best case scenario, he's going to be there week one, and that's looking like it's heading towards fruition. So, I mean, given the shortage of cheapies, he's somebody I think you can plug in prior to week one and and pray, I guess. Yeah, I tend to agree. Like, I I think I floated the theory to you that maybe, um, you know, Kevy starts with Gamble just to, you know, make give the look that there's no nepotism with uh, Billy on the bench. But then the moment moment Gamble messes up one time, in you go, Billy. Your job now, mate. You won't lose it. Sensing weakness. In you go. Yep. No, they've gone to the trouble of recruiting him and bringing him over from the Tigers, you know, and they've gone, they've gone for a, oh, we're going for a defensive mindset. If, you, if you're hearing the, the hurricane in the background, my cat's decided it's a good time to, to climb up the, the cat tree that's on the door of the office here. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, you know, they, they, they've gone for a defensive mindset. And as we know, Billy Walters has played hooker before. He spent a fair bit of time in the middle. So, you know, if you're looking for a defensive hooker, uh, defensive half, look no further than, than Billy, who can learn from Adam Reynolds for the next couple of years and then take over at the Broncos. It's uh, 
it's all lined up very nicely there for for everybody with a with a narrative, so to say. T, TK, I'm going to he's going to be jealous of me stealing his his words here, but no, it's uh that's that's where it's where it's heading, I think. So yeah, stay tuned for that one. Next guy on the list here, Aaron Clark at five point seven percent. Also, mate. Um, I have to admit, this is one of the guys I'm in the, the confused basket, I guess, about why he's here. I mean, obviously, starting hooker, cheap. Uh, people are sort of desperate for the position. Uh, but, I mean, his PPMs is not great, uh, under 0.7. And, I mean, he's already priced at 33, which I make him needing 65 minutes per game to even just break that 10, 10 points of value. Mm. Um I mean, they've got Tanner Boyd there. They keep talking about how good he's going. Uh, do we think that Aaron Clark? And I mean, what we've seen from Holbrook is is zero hesitation in in changing his hookers. Uh, and I mean, with a young team, this is a potential spot here for a um, you know a Josh Hodgson mid season swap as well. Hashtag heard it first here on amateurs. But um, you know, if if they're going well. Uh, I mean, Aaron Clark, is he somebody – he hasn't been in my team at all. Has he been in your team? What are your thoughts here? No, not since uh, not since the, you know, Tanner Boyd uh, eyeing the vacant nine jersey sort of story started popping up. Um, I think Clark's going to have a fairly similar role to last year where he's playing like, a you know, 20 minutes at hooker type of thing and then 20 minutes in the middle um, and, and just not really making much money. Um, and I think Boyd's going to maybe be coming off the bench here and playing the bulk of the hooker minutes. That's sort of my okay. my, my gut feel okay. of what's going to happen. All right. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. Three hundred seventy k. All right. Well, should we be putting Tanner Boyd in the list here in the podcast? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's one we're overlooking. He's already got the. Yeah. Where, where right. he, where, he's already got the hooker jewel. When did that happen? Yeah. Oh, probably since the since the article came out, mate. We put a word in. Somebody knows something we don't. They do. Fan Hub, they know it all, all right. mate. They've never gotten anything wrong. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Oh, mate. Between them and NRL Fantasy, but, uh, just quietly, well, you know, we'll, we'll go into a little segue here and I'll, I'm going to you know, break it up a little bit because we're, we're moving to a guy who's completely different. How good are all the, the gigantic ads on the NRL Fantasy website at the moment? <laughs> He's just going to let you know that, uh, oh, you know, DoorDash, mate. they love you. Oh, I'll go DoorDash. No, I I use the because I don't use the um the app. I use the the browser version on my phone because I don't like the app because it always glitches out on me. And I've got this. I've had this ad for the last like seventy two hours for this solicitor in Strathpine. That's you know he's obviously really looking for my business. And I, like I don't really know what I need a solicitor for, but if I need one, I know exactly where I'm going to get one from. Because I tell you what, this guy <laughs> I like. You know, it's like my screen when I open it up, it's like 85% solicitor from Strathpine and 15% Harry Grant at the top there. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's a rich, yeah, I'm just loving it, mate. I'm, I'm, I know, I know I've seen a couple of loose comments around about the advertising, but it's, it's, it's a dead shocker. So Ooh. good gear. Yeah. Mate, I know, some, I know some, you guys something's know gonna pay. probably don't get ads. <laughs> something's got to pay for those KFC vouchers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of KFC vouchers, it's probably a good time to bring this up. So, um, yeah, we've had our good friend Dale who's uh, messaged me. I actually didn't even tell you about this. I just did it. Um, so our good friend Dale who, um, you know, looks after, you know, they've got a company called Trident 
clothing. Mm. Uh, they've thrown up a first prize for the amateurs overall league of $150 voucher. Trident oh. clothing. So, mate, can I up. tell you? Yeah, that's a fill up. It's it's that is better than the first prize for NRL fantasy from the actual app. Let me tell you, <laughs> what's the first prize? Is it oh, probably fifty bucks worth of KFC vouchers? I guess <laughs> two Maybe two and a half vouchers. tickets. Two and a half tickets to see the Wiggles or something. Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, mate. Uh, can I tell you this? This Trident, you know, like so. If you go onto their Facebook page, they got so he's mates with Felty. Uh, you know, hashtag long with the Cowboys, and um. Yeah, mate, they got they got some good good quality modelling going on there by Dale himself and a couple of the other boys. And you know, if you ignore the 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 bloke the the actual appearance of the blokes in the photos, other than Felty, the clothes themselves are pretty pretty good, eh? But a uh, <laughs> got a jumper. It's it's my favourite jumper. So comfy, eh? Yeah, they look pretty slick. Dale hasn't hooked me up yet. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no, well, you got to buy one, mate. It's not a charity. Oh, Either that, or you're gonna have to win our overall if you want one. Yeah, I'll do that then. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, easy peasy. <laughs> you just got to knock Shano off, and you'll be right. Yeah, he's yeah, told me all no, the secrets now. Um... He was on last week. <laughs> no, no centers over 400k. Uh, exactly. Yeah, no, but you know, I got this jumper, mate. It's a, it's the most. It's, it does. It feels like silk inside. So good. Anyway, uh, but yeah, no. If you're if you're looking for some some awesome clothing, jump on. Um, I mean, you can try win our overall league, but you know, obviously Ryan's going to win that. So maybe just jump onto their uh, their website and buy something. It's it's pretty good. Um, okay. Yeah, give it a top class. And and thanks to Dale for supplementing the very subpar prizes from NRL Fantasy with an actually good prize for our uh, our overall league. So, mate, our, 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 uh, the, the members of the overall league's grown by about 50% since we're bloody, since we put that up on the socials. So, obviously, the people like the Trident clothing. And, uh, it's coveted coveted price. So, yeah, I reckon it. next year we might just put it up to NRL yeah. Fantasy that we just take care of the prizes for the, for the year and we'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go any worse. Yeah. Speaking of, oh, that's true. Speaking of the mighty Cowboys, the next guy on the list here, Jason Tomalolo. He um so he's he's looking like he's gonna play a I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter whether it's at lock or prop, doesn't matter. So don't don't get in your mind like, oh, is it lock, is it prop? How does that impact? It doesn't impact. He's in the middle of the field. That's it. Yeah, Hurricane Fred is still moving around on this bloody cat tree. Um He's got 31 career games between 55 and 60 minutes uh, at an average of 0.9 ppm. So that has him somewhere in the low 50s, obviously average 50 last year. So he's got a little bit of room to move there. Uh, Obviously, we've seen him with some upside into the 1 plus ppm bracket. Mate, I seem to have a little bit more faith in Tom Malala than most people. He's at 5%. I think given the struggles in the mid, he's a one, you know, not a, not not an origin player. He's he's obviously got the, the pedigree, so to speak. Uh, is he somebody that you've had in your team at all? Or you, I mean, you don't trust it. You think he's over hill. Rules don't suit him. What You know, what's your what's your thoughts around Tom Malala? No, he's not someone I've had in my team, but not for the reasons you've listed. I just don't see a whole lot of upside here, not with like uh, Peyton, you know, in his current mindset of only wanting to play him for about 55-odd minutes a game. Like I, I think at best I can see, you know, him getting back to like a 1 PPM type of thing. And in that situation, um, you know, that, that's about a 55 average based on what Peyton wants to play him at. 
Um, so I think that's why I'm sort of steering clear is that I just, uh, you know, there's just not enough value there for me, like in a best case scenario based on, you know, Peyton's role for him. So that's just why I've stayed away thus far. Yeah, no, fair enough. And I mean, I, it all comes back to like, you know, he's a guy who's been a gun in the past, you know, worst case scenario, he has a shocking season and averages 50 like he did last year. You know, mm. it's and it's kind of like you know, you get a, a you know a guy who's your seventeenth, eighteenth man. You don't have to trade him out. He's available during Origin. Pretty sure the Cowboys also don't play the first buy because you know that would be too convenient for everybody. But um, you know, I think he's uh, yeah, he's an option. Mm. Uh, not currently in my team though, because I don't, can't fit him in. I've got Pangai and I've got my Super Pod down at one point one percent, which I'm going to bring up later. Next guy on the list here, also available in the mids, Christian Welch. He is going to play Origin, I would think, uh, 588K. So he's got a break even at 47. He's at 4.7% ownership. Mate, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm a bit surprised that he's this low. I'm, I thought he would be equal or if not greater than Stefano. I guess he's a less sexy pick. You know, people are a bit scared of his, you know, uh, you know he had that game against the Panthers where he had about a bajillion missed tackles last year. Uh, what are your uh, impressions on Welch? Because I know I've been really high on him the whole preseason. I haven't necessarily really asked you what you think about him. No, he's he's been in my team for quite a while. Um, I, I'm a fan of Welch just because of his offloading ability. Um, you know, similar to to Pangai, he throws a lot of offloads. I think maybe a lot of people are scarred from last year. I didn't have him last year, so I'm, <laughs> I don't have those scars. I'm going in fresh. Um, you know, he's not a big tackle buster. He only averaged in his 50-minute... Uh, plus starts last year. He only averaged one tackle bust, but 2.6 offloads. So I think there's potentially quite a few points to be gained here and get pushing him towards, you know, a, you know, a 53, 54 type average um, for a mid below 600K priced at 47. I, I think there's a lot to like. Yeah, no, he's one of those guys in the borderline keeper range. I think he's not mm. going to be a cheaper a keeper, but you know my ideal play here is is Christian Welch to Cameron McInnes, just prior to Origin. Mm. Yeah, that's kind yeah, of my, definitely... my. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. seems like one of those guys that you can that you can ride straight to Origin. Like you don't have to, yeah. um, you won't have to worry about him as long as he stays healthy. Um, he's one of those guys you can yeah. just ride till Origin. No, absolutely. I mean, the, the Storm have a really nice schedule as well. They they pretty much don't face a tough team up until week 10 or something like that. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, whack him in your mids. You know, you're going to get low 50s to mid 50s from him. He's got the upside. There's no Finucane. And check out the Infocus article on Welch. There's a big difference between Finucane and no Finucane for Welch. I think he's going to step up. Oh, they do have Nass, who's back at training. Apparently he's decided to to give up on his plight and, and get the jab and have one last season before he goes over to Japanese rugby. But, um, yeah, I mean, Welch is looking like, um, yeah, I don't think Nass impacts Welch at all. Uh, I think he's going to be a 55 to 60-minute player. Low 50s, like you said, um, with upside to, I guess, 55 uh, and a potential season long, but probably not. Uh, and, um, yeah, no, definitely a good option. Now, next one on the list here is Dale Cherry Evans, and I think he was one of the guys that you put to me uh, at 4.4%. Um, I can't necessarily understand why anyone would be wanting to start with him short of believing that Cleary's not going to be available for the first four or five weeks, um, and they're just wanting to sort of gun up in the halves. I mean, he's 
you know, really heavily impacted by both the kick meters and the tackle bus uh, reductions. And I mean, Manly performed at an attacking clip that was probably unsustainable last year. I think realistically, we're looking at Cherry Evans as a high 50s average, not a mm. low 70s average from last year, break even 66. What do you think? No, absolutely. I agree. Um, the reason I put him on the list tonight is just because, it's like, I, again, um, you know, 4.4%, that, like, that's not nothing. And I've seen a lot of people like throw his name around in comments and stuff like that. So I just I just thought he was worth touching on. Um, I don't think he's going to be reaching the heights of last year with um, with these new rules. Uh, you know, obviously, kick meters nerfed. Um, tackle busts, I think he's going to be offset a little bit uh, just because he does throw – the occasional offload as well. Like there's been a few games there where he's thrown two or three offloads a game. So um, I, th- I think that'll, I don't think that'll impact it as much, but the, the kick meters, absolutely. I, I think sort of the best case here is like a, a low sixties average for uh, daily. Plus, you know, he's, he is uh, in his thirties now and he's going to be playing origin. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, unless we get a nice little Sam Walker, Toby Sexton combination. Ooh. Maybe months at a fullback and get rid of oh, Callum Ponga. This is a dud. DC's DC is thirty three this year. He turns thirty three in two yeah. weeks. He's old. Mm. Yeah, put him out to pasture. He's done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Pat Carrigan, four point three percent. Mate, talk me through this. I don't understand. Lots, lots of people are messaging me like, oh, what do you think yeah. about Pat Carrigan? Should I get him? I just, the whole thing's very confusing to me. Even at fifty five minutes, I think he's he's overpriced. Uh, I mean, he needs like, like, you know, based on my, I'm doing a little calculation here. He needs 60 minutes just to break even. Yeah. Like when he was a absolute stud in 2020, like he was playing like 70 minutes a game, you know, like, um, yeah. uh, and that's the reason I put him on this list. Cause I keep seeing people messaging us about him. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't think he's going to get the minutes. Like he's not going to be a, uh, you know, 70 minute player like he was under Seabold. Um, you know, like Seabold was just playing Haas and Carrigan basically the entire game and not relying on any bench forwards. Um, Kevy's not going to do that. He didn't do it last year prior to Carrigan's injury. Like, you know, Carrigan was playing about, what, like 55 sort of minutes on average and yeah, his PPM's just not good enough um, to, mm. to really put him at any kind of value at all. Um, yeah, no, like he, and I mean, fifty-five be... minutes is not a small amount for a middle. That's Tamalolo mm. numbers. That's not, you know, he, he's not playing a small amount of minutes. He's just, you know, he's not a, he's not an explosive guy. He's a work rate guy, and it's just, you know, it's, it's just not his game. So he's going to be one of those guys that's pretty good for. He's probably going to be better for for NRL playing shorter minutes, but for fantasy, he's not fantasy relevant. I think is my takeaway. In draft, definitely have a look at him. High, you know, mid forties average. Sure, no worries. And I mean, if something happened to Haas and he got that sixty-five minute role, then I mean, he's a fifty-five, fifty to fifty-five scorer. But you know, I don't think he's going to get it with Haas there. So, um, next guy on the list, I'm kind of equally confused about why. I mean, I've I've even heard you know like. I, I do listen to the other podcasts as well. You know, I'm going to keep up with, with you know, everyone and make sure we're getting a fresh perspective. And I was listening to one today with, with somebody saying that they've got Rocco Berry in their team uh, at 4.3% ownership, uh, 30.5 average at centre in six games in 2021 and average and price at 29. Um, 
why is he why is he <laughs> on option? Is this just desperation? What like are we are we is is there something I'm missing like with the eye test? Is what like what are your what are your thoughts on right? Um, is there any you know? Yeah, I, I don't get it. Um, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, like where people just thinking, oh, he had two injury-shortened games last year, so he's going to be value. But um, he's just he's just not. Uh, two tries uh, in six games as well. So it's not a small amount. Um, no. You know, um, he's just kind of a bit average, isn't he, I mean, really? He just, he just seems like an average center. Like he's probably likely going to average low to mid-30s and make it, Bit of cash, but not enough. That he's you... actually got two games out of six above twenty-five tackles, which I don't think is necessarily sustainable either. This may not be that may not be the floor for Barry. That might be the thirty point five might be his ceiling. He might be a he might be a twenty-six, twenty-seven. You know, like he's got you know seventy-five meters. Yeah, maybe that like, he's got one game over a hundred meters, which is not great considering that he played the Cowboys, Sharks, Raiders, Titans. Like that's not defensive powerhouses by any stretch of the imagination. Um, <laughs> yeah, his second highest meters of the season was against the Storm. Uh, yeah, that's that's a big big worry for me. He he's a yeah he's a big uh, uh, that's very confusing. So yeah, I would be avoiding him with a ten foot barge pole. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Speaking of guys that have me a little bit worried, actually, um, you know, I did have to give the OTL guys a little bit of a ribbing in our uh, private messages because they completely missed Toby Sexton off their halves podcast, 4.2%. And he's somebody that I was really interested in until I actually had a look at his reserve grade stats, um, where he actually only averaged 42 in reserve grade with a higher kick meters percentage of what he averaged in first grade, despite averaging 55. This is new scoring. Um, do we have any concerns around Sexton and maybe it was just a flash in the pan with him? See somebody that you're still considering or, or not really anymore. I mean, obviously, you know, there's nothing unsustainable in his, in his four game sample, aside from the fact that he played against three pretty bad teams and the Rabbitohs. No, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty excited about Sexton this year. Um, he's been in my team for a while. I, I, you'd expect he's going to see a bigger percentage of the kick meters as well, um, given that he's going to be partnering AJ Brimson. Um, so I, I think you can tack on a few points there that he's going to lose um, from that kick meter reduction. Um, when I did my initial in-focus on him, I had him projected for a, a, about a mid-50 sort of average, like 54, 55 mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, I don't think that's... Uh, entirely unsustainable. I, I don't know um, what stats you were looking at. I'm just looking at his Queensland Cup stats from last year, like prior to his call-up into first grade. And he, he was averaging 52 um, mm. with one 45-minute game in there. So I, I don't think it's it's something that's entirely unsustainable. Okay. I wonder if this is – no, but is that – so that's kick meter. That's 52 kick meters. That's the old kick meters tackle by scoring, though? yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, so the one be, I'm yeah, looking at is new scoring, which is 44 and a half, hmm. but no goal kicking. So, you know, you give him six, seven points for goal kicking, and it's in the very low 50s. Uh, and that's okay. with a 50, that's with a 60% in play kicking rate. So, I mean, you can give him a bit more kick meters than that um, because obviously 
you know, that's that's an 190 kick meters a game. So I think that's probably going to be probably closer to 290. So, you know, 54, I think, is fair. 54, 55 mm. is fair. So, I mean, what is he, 48? Yeah, I think priced at 48. So, yeah. Yep. So halves, right? Cleary, clear number one. Cheza, probably number two. And then you got a tier, really. You know, Hughes, Munster, Keary, uh, and then you know he's he's probably in the next tier down, really, isn't he? With Ben Hunt, yeah, Hines, I, I think so. Sexton, yeah. Burton, Luke Brooks. Trying <laughs> <laughs> uh, to sneak that one past the keeper. <laughs> you like that. Yeah, that was yeah, good, mate. Chad Townsend, nah. you forgot nah. about him. Oh no, nah, Chaddy, mate. Don't 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 talk don't speak. I can I can tell you speaking negatively about Chad now that he's left Cronulla and he's over at the Cowboys. I can I can hear the negative undertones in your voice and I don't <laughs> appreciate it. So much I'm so angry. We're gonna move on to our next guy here, which is Tom Starling. Um, and speaking of guys who make me angry, he made me very angry last year when we went to the trouble of Bringing him into our team only for him to decide that, in fact, he was a dud and not a stud. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the question is, ha- is there anything that's materially changed between this year and last year? Uh, I guess the answer to that question maybe is Josh Hodgson's leaving at the end of the year for sure. Um, but does that necessarily mean that we trust that Tom Starling's going to get that 55-minute role that gives us that that performance that we need? Oh, we really need to see some more info. Hopefully, you know, we get some more info in the preseason, like with this trials coming up and stuff. But like, it seems like our Raiders man, who we've had on a couple of times, I think, um, he's, he tends to think he's going to be getting that 55-minute role he was getting um, what, from round 17 to 21 before he got injured. Uh, yeah, he's playing 55 minutes basically every single week. Um, and, and he's putting up good scores too. Um, I think he's in that five-game run, he averaged 55 minutes for what an average of 44. That's under old scoring, though. So um, I think it'd be low 40s. Um, and, you know, if he's getting that role, he, he seems like a, a solid buy, like in a position that's been hard to fill. If you want to go cheap, um, it seems like there could be 10 minutes, uh, ten points of value there. It's just a matter of, is he going to get that role? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a big, tr- it's a big trust exercise in Ricky Stewart, which I'm not sure I'm ready to do. He's one of the guys that's been in and out of my team Price dependently, um, and my super pod that I have at one point one percent is uh, in a very similar price range to him in a completely different position. Uh, but um, you know, I know I've actually chosen this guy over Starling at the moment, and that's saying something because of how little I trust Ricky Stewart. But he's one, obviously four point two percent. If he's good, he could be an absolute. You know, he could be a weapon pod. Uh, but you know, whether we trust him to actually do that or not. Um, is another thing. So, Matt, I guess it's probably a good time now to, to go back a little bit and have a look at, at, at who are the actual pods, the guys that we're, we are actually interested in picking up out of this list. So I think Nanai is somebody that we definitely both agreed on was a was a goer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, you know, we're skipping Liam Martin, Damien Cook, somebody that we're, you know, potentially advocating for in the right circumstance. Yep. Uh, Cam Murray, Cam McInnes, probably both skipping them early season, but looking to pick them up uh, mid to late. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chotrich, no. Curran, no. Mahoney, any in draft. Billy Walters, yes. 
Aaron Clark, no. Kamalolo. Oh, somewhere on the fence. Christian Welch, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, DC, no. Carrigan, no. Rocky Berry, no. Sexton, yes. And Starling, uh, I'm on the fence with Starling. I'm, I'm not. I'm not willing to give him the the mark stamp of approval yet. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Ricky can't be trusted. Yeah. yeah, fool me once, shame on you. Oh, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you, or something like that. I can't remember the saying. Doesn't matter anyway. Uh, Hayes Dunst is the next one on the list. He was somebody who was actually really helpful for me last year. Picked him up as a 240K guy. Spent a couple of games scoring low 20s for me in my emergencies and wing fullback covering for me. He comes in this year at um, just under 300K. Parramatta, very soft schedule. Uh, average of 27 on the wing under the new scoring. Reserve grade average, 28 under the new scoring. Uh, comes in priced at about the same. So, I mean, we haven't seen anything from Dunster. I mean, what is, what is he at 24? So, I mean, that's there's a couple, there's three or four points there. But, you know, as we know, we're looking for, for more than that. Uh, we're happy to just let him go through the keeper, I think, aren't we? Yeah, I, I didn't have him on this list initially because yeah, I, I just don't, I think this is who he is. I think he's priced appropriately. I think he's a, yeah. you know, a high 20s average type of winger. Yeah, he might have a really good season where he averages thirty-one or something like that. But I mean, that's the, that's the like the absolute floor for a guy like a Coates or a Pereira. I think so, just because of the style of player. He's just sort of wiry, not big base set guy. I mean, the argument could be made that you know, obviously they're losing Sevo and somebody's got to take up those base stats. But I think if anyone, it might be Simmons and just given the builds. But I mean, Dunster's having a really good preseason. But I think what's the best case scenario for him? Thirty-three, thirty-four. It's just you know, you're mm. not you know this. Yeah, that's the absolute best case scenario for him, I think. So, yeah, just I think uh, you know, unless we have an absolute disaster on on uh, TLT and we've got nobody there and we need to get red, uh, need to get green dots, he's somebody that we'll come back to. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm really hoping that we don't have to go there. Uh, somebody who is obviously a Absolutely. lot more interesting. I've d- done an in focus article on though uh, recently. I actually don't even remember. I think no, I did post it. Uh, is Adam Fanua Blake? So he's somebody who just signed a contract extension. Not that that matters for fantasy points, but, I mean, it does show you that they're really happy with what he's doing. Um, he is somebody that, um, you know, I, as a fantasy option, <laughs> Ryan, you've had some bad experiences facing AFB against me when, you know, I, I, I went to go for a shower, you know, when I was down by 80 points and now I had to head with only Fanua Blake to, come, to go and I got out of the shower and found he scored three tries and I was winning. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, obviously, he's he's inconsistent and he's, he's an attacking focus sort of guy, but it seems to be mm-hmm. maybe he's a bit more steady at the moment. Um, 3.6%. I feel like he could be one of those guys that falls into the pod category, and I feel like his worst-case scenario is is returning value. Uh, what were your thoughts? Did you – I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that you read my InFocus article on Adam Fanua Blake. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, he's one of those ones that's, again, like he sort of falls into that awkward, um, you know, type of price range. Like, yeah, yeah if um, – if I'm going for someone in that price range, like I'm either going to pay the extra to go to Pangai or I'm going to go down to Dumbolo. You know, like he's he's just yeah. 
a little bit awkwardly priced. Like I definitely see where you're coming from. I think there is some value there. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I just think there's other options I would put above him in that uh, in that bracket. Yeah. Who do you trust more, Kamalolo or Fanor Blake? <sighs> I mean, oh God. Um, I mean, probably Tamalolo. I don't know. I, don't know. Uh, I think both can be trusted. You didn't sound. Um, you didn't sound like you trusted him earlier. <laughs> <laughs> This is why they come to the fantasy I mean, anxious podcast, mate, for the hard questions. It is a tough question. Um, uh, I think I'll go Tumbleola. I'll take Tumbleola. Okay, right. Well, me too. But yeah, I, I've got to ask because I like AFB as well. It's just finan- financially he doesn't fit into my team. If, if but if Pangai busted a hammy before week one, I think I'd probably just mm. go for Fanul Blake. Um, and, and yeah. you spend that money rather than going down to Tom Lolo because I'd have it there already. Um, but yeah, like you do say, it is an extra 30 grand more down mm-hmm. to Tom Lolo. And I guess it depends what you can do with that money. I think that Fanua Blake has a higher ceiling of average minutes this year because I think mm. – Peyton's decided that Tomalolo is a 55 to 60 minute player. And I think Fanua Blake is at least a 55 to 60 minute player, but he has upside to more than that, particularly if they decide to, you know, let Lodge go or there's complications with Toy Harris or, you know, there's all sorts of things and, you know, that, that could happen there. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree there. Yep. Sticking with the Warriors, Jesse Arthur's next one on the list here. Uh, career average in the very low 30s at center. Uh, he's at 3.4% ownership, price at 23. He's got the jewel. Seems to me to be a guy who, if he's named in the centers week one, should be there for a while, potentially low ceiling, but a high floor. Mm. Um, is he? Do you have more confidence in him as opposed to a guy like Dunster? Yeah, I do. I, I do. Um, you're also getting a four-point discount there, so you've got the room to wiggle there. Um, he's not a – similar to Dunster, he's not a real big attacking weapon, but um, the the upside is unlike playing on the wing, you've got that that base in terms of tackles. Like you're, you're making a lot more tackles at centre than you are on the wing. So um, a little bit more reliable in that regard. Um, and, you know, there's not many cheapies getting around, so he's, he's definitely one you've got to consider if he's starting. Yeah, I think he's probably one, if he's named at centre in week one, he's probably will find his way into my team, uh, subject to the rest of it all working out nicely. So, yeah, definitely, yeah, one, one to watch. And I definitely prefer him to Rocco Berry. I think he's just, you know, defensively he's a bit more sound and, you know, he's obviously, you know, he's moved around a bit. But I think, um, you know, as you know, Ryan, he loves a tackle. So, and and, and, and you know, Maybe the Warriors won't like that because I don't necessarily think that they prioritise defence based on their last 10 years or something. But I think, uh, yeah, I think it'd be nice to see a Warriors player that knows how to tackle for a change. It'd be, it'd be nice. So. <laughs> i got to get a dig in for the Warriors. I don't have my jersey on, so I'm going to talk smack about them. It's probably an hour in, so all the Warriors fans have left by now. 
Uh, <laughs> Kurt Mann's the next one on the list here, mate. 3.2%. I feel like as soon as he gets that mid-duel, that's going to skyrocket if if and when he gets it. Uh, seems like he's sort of training there. He's, you know, he's in the, the photo shoots on Fox League with the, the starting sort of guys. It seems like he's going to be, he's the man for the, the 13 jersey, whether he plays at 13 or 14. I don't necessarily think that matters as such for what his role is going to be. Uh, is he in your team at the moment? He's not in mine, but yeah. I'm not ruling him out. No, he's been in my team since we found out he was going to be starting at lock. Like ever, ever since uh, Braley's injury, he's been in my side. Um, I, I just think he's a he's going to be a good uh, good buy. Um, you know, even Barry too. He's been saying on Twitter, you know, he's put up, hang up the boots now, but he's still saying that man's going to be the starting thirteen, playing good minutes there. So um, I think there's a lot to like. I think you can expect a. Um, you know, a similar sort of PPM to Connor Watson last year. It just depends on the minutes that man gets mm. to, you know, punctuate his ceiling. But uh, to me, worst case is sort of like a 46, 47 type of average, which is plenty of value for me. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I think I have his floor a bit lower than that. Um, I'm worried that he's just going to return value on his high 30s. Uh, okay. That uh, is my that's that's the hesitation for me. If I like if I if if I knew he was going to play fifty minutes, I would be in. But I'm just worried it might end up closer to forty five. And you know, if it's at zero point nine ppm, that's only a forty, which is a two point five points of value. So, yeah, that that's my worry for him. Um, I don't um, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. It's just. The, the, the point of apprehension that I have with him. So it'll be, yeah, he's another one of those guys that, you know, depending on, I think depending on the other 20 guys in my team will be will be a lot to say whether I decide to go with him. I trust him more than I trust my super pod. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wondering if you've actually worked out who it is. I'm assuming you have because I asked you about him the other day. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Mate, Joshua Parley, give mm. me your thought process and why you put him on the list here. I'm a little bit confused. Well, I, was, I wasn't originally going to put him on, but I was taking a little bit of a look at him today. Um, so obviously he went through you know, the ins and outs of uh, Ricky Stewart uh, of good graces last year, found himself on the bench um, for a couple of games, had an injury game as well where he only played seven minutes. Um, so he's priced at 51. He averaged for the entirety of the season 49.6 um, under old scoring. But if you just want to look at his 50-plus minute starts, and he only had one start where he went over 60 minutes in that game. So, uh, like, oh, sorry, two starts. So, uh, like, if you're expecting, say, a 55-minute roll for him, um, he averaged 54 last year. So he had, what, two tackle busts, one and a half offloads. So that sort of offsets. Um, I think there is a case to be made that, um, you know, Papali'i could be a a solid, um, you know, return to some solid form this year. Um, I just, you know, mm-hmm. wanted to have a chat to him in that regard. Like, I think there is maybe a little bit of value, but probably just not enough to start with, unfortunately. But I just wanted to get that in. What is he, 635? That's not too bad. Bakey in a 51. I mean, I could see him at 53-ish, 53 mm. and a half. So, I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll go two and a half. Nice little, if nothing else, it's a nice little value. Part he's going to play State of Origin though, which is the he is, yeah. You know, yeah, that's the 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 sucker point. Unfortunately, is is you know he's going to play that that State of Origin. So, 
Yeah, no. It, 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 if nothing else, it's an interesting because like, he was somebody I hadn't even looked at. So, Ryan, thank you for thank you for bringing him up. <laughs> it's all right. I do it when I can for the people. Yeah, good, good man. Now, this is somebody that I brought up, and just for no other reason than I'm here, I'm hearing the whispers around town. Tyrone Peachy, two point five percent. He's going to come off the bench, even if he starts at lock. He's not going to play big minutes there. There's, there, you know, there's plenty of guys there. Twal and Stefano, they got lots of, you know, minutes in the hooker position. Two eighty minute edge back rowers with Garner, or you know, at least one, you know, maybe Garner will play sixty five, and and often Garwi will spend some time on the edge. But you know, Peachy's a forty forty five minute utility. He's going to average in the low 30s. Don't go anywhere near him. Ryan, do you have anything different to that or are you happy with that assessment and move on? No, yes. Stay away, especially now that he's not even a centre, like fantasy-wise anymore. Yeah, he's gone. No good. You don't want it. It's bad bad juju. Mm -hmm. Josh Cook, if he wins the job at the Bulldogs at 2.3% ownership, as the hooker, his ownership is going to skyrocket. I don't need to tell you that you should buy a 240K hooker if he gets the job. So we'll move along to the next guy on the list here. Jake Trebojevic. Ryan, why did you put Jake Trebojevic on the list? Well, he was just one I sort of wanted to chat about in terms of like the, the new rules and the reduction in um, set restarts. Maybe we see the game come back a little bit from an edge because he had um, his worst season last year. Like He really fell off a cliff, the big old plotter. He averaged 49 um, you don't have to worry about the the new rules because it doesn't matter. He doesn't break any tackles. He doesn't throw many offloads. Um, it's all the same. So he averaged forty nine last you, year. But are you telling me that Jake Trebojevic is not a tackle bus machine? No, apparently, uh, contrary to popular belief, um, the stats actually indicate differently. He's uh, he's not. Okay. Um, but right. like in years past, like 2019, 2020, he was a consistent fifty four point. You know, walk-up guy, just about every week, like 44.5 in 2019 average, um, 55 average in 2020s. Um, so, I don't know. I am just, I was just wondering maybe there's, you know, a few points of value there. Maybe we can get Jake back to his best if uh, if the game moves a little bit more back into the middle with these um, new rules and slowing down the game a little bit from the uh, hypercharged okay. version we saw last year. I don't know. I just thought it was worth, worth discussing. Yep. No, no. All right. Well, mate, uh, uh, if nothing else, we are seekers of truth here at the Fantasy Amateurs. And, you know, far be it from me to, um, you know, stifle your flair. And, I mean, you look at the 18, 19, 20 new scoring average of 70-plus minute games, which is what he normally plays for Manly. Um, That uh, average is 56.5 in 79 minutes. So, I mean, that's new scoring. So, And that's not including, obviously, there's going to be some additional turnover tackles in there because he literally didn't do – that's that's without turnover tackles. So you can average – you know, you could pump that up to 58, um, mm. given he's probably a one in three, you know, given the volume of tackle that he makes. You know, 58 off a of 51, that could be huge, mate. That could be an absolute monster of a pod if, if it happens to be right. Um, but it's a big if. And it he's is. going to play State of Origin as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it, that's the other worry. I, I just uh, think but... he's, it's one to keep an eye on in the, in the early rounds. Like if you see if the game is maybe moving back a little bit from last year, if there's less tries, which we should mean more ball in play, like more ball uh, for these, you know, tackle bots to, uh, to get it, their points up. Um, you know, just keep an eye on in the early rounds. You could get on early um, in, in that turbo oh. train. And what about? Well, I mean, how early is too early with this? If this in the trials, the game looks way slower. Like I'm talking about the last trial in this um, 
you know, it's the, uh, you know, even the last trial, the Indigenous match that's coming up, you know, these sorts of games, if, if it looks way slower, you know, that, <laughs> that could be an absolutely monstrous pod, um, you know, for a gun yeah. scorer at 640K. And, you know, there is a 0% chance that he's going to get suspended because he's literally never tackled somebody above the hip in his life. And he's not going to go backwards in price, is he? No. I mean, this is his worst season for ages, similar to Damien Cook. He's 25K cheaper than Pangai. Did we just find the best pod on the podcast? <laughs> the Jerbo, the, the MVP of the podcast. Who would have thought? Just uh, who? Uh, I'm sure I bum steered a couple of people in the Jerbo last year. And also, you have to think Manly can't, like, they can't score as many points as what they did. And from memory, their draw is just absolutely horrific as well. Yeah, Penrith, Roosters to start the year. Ooh. Oh, mate. Mate. Can we can we buy Jerbo and then just trade him to Ken McInnes? Is that too cheeky or that's like too – got to hold him through at that point? What I mean, can we? I mean, I, I don't see why not. Ryan, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Don't do it to me. I don't like it. Jerbo oh, season. Why are you, why are you season. feel this way? All right. Okay. We're going to do it. Well, can we make a pact, a blood pact right now to both start with Jerbo? <laughs> I'm putting him in. See you later, Pangai. Yeah, get out. Get out of here, Pangai. We don't want your offloads and suspensions. We want the Jerbo we... Tacklebot stats. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, mate. I love it. I love it. This is the this is the gear that we need after 70 minutes. This is what we want. All right. <laughs> Jacob Saifidi, next one on the list here, 2.2%. He's nowhere near as good as Jerbo. We'll talk about him anyway. Looks like he's going to be the starting prop opposite his brother Daniel at the Knights. Uh, obviously, there's only so many middles we can give minutes to here. We've got Barnett, Frizzell, 80 minutes each. We've got Kurt Mann playing minutes. Lachlan Fitzgibbon's probably going to come over and steal a bunch of minutes because, you know, his uncle, I think, is sponsor of the club or whatever it is. So, I mean, realistically, mate, is is there enough? Uh, 45 minutes. I've got I've got break even for Saifidi's 45 minutes. Is, is there an upside here that I'm not seeing or... Is is I mean fifty five? Can it get to fifty five, or is that is that too tall of an order? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's any way. Like you still got Clemmer there too. Like you didn't even mention Clemmer. Um, yeah, you know, like last year in in his prop starts, he averaged what fifty one minutes for uh, forty six points under the old scoring. But he you know he busts two tackles a game and he threw one offload in that entire like ten game stretch there. So he's not an offloader. So that's not going to get offset the tackle bust reduction. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. No, I agree. So somebody sent me a message and asked me about Jacob Saifidi, and the answer is no. Paul Momorowski. Mate, we, we did a you know, we upset Byron when I when I put out <laughs> put out my in focus article from OTL about Momorowski. Uh I've come around to him a little bit. I think I was maybe a little bit rough on him saying there was no place for him in a fantasy team. But I mean I've had him in, in drafts, but I just you know, I can't I can't squeeze him in at all anywhere. Um I mean there's a, you know, I, I really actually, I'm waiting for the markets to come up because I really want to put a little snappy bet on Paul Momorowski to be the leading point scorer in the NRL this year. Um, yeah, that's but, cheeky if it gets I mean, the goal kicking. Yeah, well, goal kicking left center for the Roosters. Uh, mm. You know, we've had one of those get the leading point scorer before, I think, Latrell, a couple <laughs> of years ago. So, I mean, is that, is that, is 45 unrealistic for him 
Not if he's goal kicking. No, if he if we get word he's goal kicking, he'll be going straight into my team. I think he'll be another over four hundred k center. Sorry, Shano, but uh, I won't be able to pass yeah, that up. Well, mate, like a, Shane's going to come center. back and and take your team off you, eh? If you do that, <laughs> just a goal kicking center in a team with the attacking prowess of the Roosters. Oh, mm. I, I won't be able to pass that up. Priced at thirty seven, like giddy up. All right, so let me ask you the question. Mm-hmm. If Momorowski is goal kicking, would you take yep. Momorowski or Chance Nickel Cookstart? Mm. Um, probably Chance. I've I've still got I've got uh, I've got them probably projected for about the same. Um, maybe Chance one point less, but that still gives Chance more value, just given that he's what about thirty k chibis, what price two points less. So. Um, yeah, I think they're fairly similar prospects, um, but I'd still take chance. Okay, cool. What about mm-hmm. Paul Morowski or Hamaso Tabuifado with the dual position eligibility within I'll four K of Mom- each other? I'll take Momorowski. Will you? Yeah. Just get out and you ban, <laughs> ban from the pod. Ah, that's all right, mate. I forgive you. You're wrong, but I forgive you. Jordan Pereira, next one here on the list, 2.1%. Uh, he is coming into the Broncos, looks likely to pick up a, a spot on the wing opposite Coates, and it looks like it might be the right wing, which would be nice coming off the Stags-Reynolds combination. Uh, and, um, I mean, previous average at wing 34, uh, he's likely to lose some tackle bus because he is a, a tackle bus monster, but also... I mean, his try scoring for his career has been a little bit up and down. You have to think playing outside Stags and Reynolds, he's going to see his fair share of, you know, tries. Um, I personally prefer him to Xavier Coates, but mm. I understand that's a big hot take there, Three three k difference. Is that – I mean, I think Coates has a higher ceiling, but I think Pereira has a higher floor. Is that – do you see that that way? And I mean, obviously, Coates' job security is much better than Prayers as well. So, I mean, mm. is is that a, a move you could make as a pod, or is do you need to look at Pereira and Coates' individual options independent from each other? Oh, I'm just struggling a little bit with Pereira just because of the tackle busts. Because um, yeah, look, he is a real tackle busting winger, and that's where he's relied on. So he's going to be losing about five points um, from that alone. Like you'd expect him to probably make that up in tries. Um, if he, if you know, assuming his try scoring rate can improve um, with the Broncos, because mm. I think you know, like I know I'm expecting the Broncos to be a lot better this year, but you know that's never a yeah. given. I think everyone's been expecting the Broncos to be better, <laughs> but they just haven't been. Um, so yeah, he's a bit of a tough one. Like I, I think I'd rather gamble on Coates with the ceiling, um, mm. but yeah, I'm, I've been a little bit on the fence with Pereira. He's just—I um, don't think he's a bad option, but I just don't think he's a slam dunk either. No, I've actually currently got both of them in my team, mm. uh, but uh, uh, just for lack of trusting of the cash cows uh, on the low end reasons. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I quite like him if he's looking like an absolute weapon. I think, it, uh, like, even at a 50% try scoring rate, even with the tackle bus rules, I think there's uh, I think there's some value there. I don't necessarily know if it's quite 10 points, but in that price bracket, I think we're going to be boxed into taking some guys at that, you know, seven, eight, nine points of value range just because mm-hmm. we're, um, we're not going to have anything better. 
Speaking of being boxed into taking guys without 10 points of value, um, next guy on the list here, Wade Graham, might fall <laughs> into that bracket. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, Ryan, you have been absolutely savaged by the people of Facebook for your uh, your oh. takes on Wade Graham. And, yeah. um, you know, mate, we obviously, you know, Wade Graham is, is you know, the he'd, uh, he'd be up there with the most liable. If, you, if someone said, like, who is the, the the person that's the most liable to be medically retired for concussions? Graham would have to be pretty close to top of that list. Um, 1.8% ownership though. And I mean, he was looking for a short time last year, like an absolute jet that was going to make some money. And I mean, I think for me, price at 37, I think the worst case scenario is five or six points of value at 43, 44, you know, somewhere in that range, 42. But I mean, he's got upside to 40, 647, which is pretty close to 10 points there. Um, but talk me through Wade uh, and tell everybody on Facebook why they're wrong, like I did with Matt Burton last year. Yeah, I wasn't expecting so much hate over Wade Graham. Um, I guess, you know, everyone's up on the fence about the concussion thing, but no one's got these same concerns for, like, Ryan Pappenhausen. I reckon half these people probably bought Ryan Madison last year. Like, in terms of, like... Um, Pappy copping a concussion and being gone for two months, and Way Graham being copping a concussion and retiring. For fantasy, they're basically the same thing. Like they're they're a trade um, at that point. The difference for me is you're not buying Graham to be a keeper. You know, you're buying him to make you some cash, put up some reliable forty scores. You're really you're only hoping for him to stay healthy for about six, eight, if you're lucky, maybe ten weeks um, to get you to Origin. Um, for mine, like I, I agree with your projection. I sort of had the same. Um, if he's uh, so, a big thing uh, here for Graham is who is going to be partnering Hines in the halves. Um, from what I've been seeing and some little whispers, I'm hearing you know it's pretty much confirmed it's going to be Matt Moylan. But uh, you know you can never be too sure with uh, Moylan's injury history. Um, you know our mate, we referenced him a few times. Uh, TK talking Lee. I know he's doing an interview with Craig Fitzgibbon. Um, later this week, so hopefully we'll hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Because when Graham does um, partner Moylan in the halves, he he does a lot more kicking. Um, we saw it last year as well, like prior to his injury, he was averaging about 60 minutes um, a game, like sorry, 60 kick metres a game when he was partnering with Moylan. Once SJ came back, um, his kick metres went away completely because you know there were two halves in that team that were kicking. Um, so, and it was the same in 2018 as well. Like when, when Moylan was there, he was doing a lot of kicking. So I'd expect something similar. If it's going to be Hines and Moylan in the halves, um, I would expect him to do some kicking for really for Graham. It really comes down to your, your risk tolerance. Um, how much risk are you willing to, to tolerate there? Because obviously there is some risk. Like if he cops a concussion, he's probably going to be gone. Um, he's going to be a trade. Um, also, a big one is just the lack of options. There's there's not a whole lot of good options sub 500k to fill your edge position. Like, say we get a um, we get word that Fatala Marin is going to be starting, or you know maybe Mark Superpod, um, you know maybe then you can you can pivot. Um, <laughs> but for me right now, like I, I feel confident that Wade's going to average 45. It's just it comes down to me your, your risk tolerance with that concussion. But it seems like a lot of people don't put that same weighting on a guy like, say, Madison or Pappenhausen. Um, yeah, that, that's just where I stand with Graham. I really wasn't expecting the uh, the hate we got for that one. Oof. Yeah, I, 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 I think it, it's, a combina- it's a combination of shaky value plus concussion instead of gun plus concussion. Mm. 
That's I think that's the the, the no, area that you're falling into. In no Madison turned into Shaky Valley. Pod plus, yeah, pod plus. Mind you, can I tell you, in recent history, there has been plenty of times where I have been absolutely savaged by people on social media, only to be proven right. And and I'm just going to run you through the the recent history of things that stick out in my mind, you know, over the last couple of years. So the easy one was. You know, obviously, last year, Turbo telling everybody to buy him before he played his first game back um, and telling people not to be scared of his hamstrings. Um, but prior to that, there was – oh, mate, I, I can't even – yeah, there's probably a few of them. Um, the the chat, uh, Chad Townsend call last year and Luke Brooks as well. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, those two were way better than the, the other options that we had in the halves there um, to start the year. You know, Chad was obviously an absolute weapon, and everyone's saying, "Oh, he sucks." Blah blah blah. Doesn't matter if he sucks, mate. He kicks five hundred kick meters a game. Doesn't matter. And then, you know, before that, you know, I remember when um, Nathan Cleary got injured for eight weeks, and James yeah. Maloney was like James coming Maloney. off a negative one, mate. It's, it, it doesn't matter if they suck. It doesn't matter what you think about them. Does do they have ten points of value? Wade Graham has six, Maybe. seven to t- ten, eleven points of value. And you know he's a he's a walk up, you know starting edge back rower in a in a team that's going to come somewhere between fifth and fifteenth. Uh, <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Sharks is one of the teams that I'm finding really hard to read because I mean, like I I had them have like thirteenth or something like that, and I keep getting having people like, oh, they came ninth last year. They were a way better team this year. I'm like, yeah, okay, you're right, I guess, but. Like I just don't like them. I don't know what it is. I just I'm not getting good vibes I from just, them. I, I like. I, don't know what I to just tell keep getting, I feel like the physio might be giving a bum might be giving me a bum steer here because I just keep having the words rocking around in my head like players aren't injury prone. Um, you know, like it's <laughs> yeah, a lot of, it's yeah. a lot of bad luck. So maybe Graham is. Yeah. Uh, maybe the physio is giving me a completely bum steer. Oh, mate. No, when, when you have six round. when you have sixteen head head knocks, it's not bad luck. That's that's. That's you. You got a bum head. <laughs> head not chin, good. Mate. It's the yeah. question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, mate. Sticking with the Sharks just quickly. Um, Brayden Trindle, obviously not expecting him to be the half in round one. If he is, absolutely worth a look. Um, probably puts a, a dagger in the heart of Hines in the process, but he'll be somebody to have a look at. I think he's going to be a mid-year option that's going to be somebody that we're going to have, want to have a look at. So I will revise that if it looks like he's going to get the job, I think. Um, did you put him on the list for any other reason other than just to bring him up for that purpose? Yeah, basically, if he does win that starting job, I think he's a buy. Other than that, yeah, I just thought it's yep. worth mentioning. Good, good. Ryan James, somebody that I'm really interested in. I've done a in focus article on him that's currently sitting in our drafts folder. Uh, and I'll I'll put it up at some point. I think it's sitting in the drafts. I don't think I posted it yet. Um and um yeah, I, I'm actually uh I'm flip flopping on whether I like him or not. Uh I think <laughs> actually I don't even remember if I concluded it with him being a buy or not. So I'm just going to actually reread my own work that I did to, to try to remind myself where I got to by the end of it. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So basically, uh, so we're looking like, I'm thinking he's going to start in the front row in week one and two and three uh, while Flegler's suspended. 
And then week four, either James is going to stay there or Flegler is going to come in there or Kobe Hetherington is going to be locking Carrigan. But I think that's option three. Um, I think Ryan James is a 45-minute prop or a 40-minute edge player, 40-minute uh, bench player. Um, his PPM last year was just absolutely so good, 47 in 42.6 minutes, uh, which I think is probably unsustainable. But, I mean, Ryan, we've seen him be a try-scoring guy who actually, you know, and I don't want to spoil too much on the in-focus, but his PPM is is significantly better in, in low minutes. So um, when I say low, I mean less than 50, like 35 to 50 instead of, you know, 55 plus type thing, like not mm. not. 10 minutes. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, is he, given the shortage of mid-options, it's really him and the super pod in that price bracket, unless you want to spend the extra 40, 50 grand up to man if you trust man. Uh, mm. Is Ryan James somebody that you've had in your team or not really? Yeah, he's been in my team ever since, uh, you know, the Ben Iken, um interview on the – what was the name of that podcast? Give him a plug. I can't remember it. Um, uh, six again. Six again, yeah. Yeah. Um, since since uh, Ben Eichen was on that, I think it is. <laughs> Keep going um, while I check. Yeah, since Ben Eichen was on that and basically saying that you know he expects Ryan James to start, he's been in my side. And again, like he's similar to Wade Graham in that like there's just not a whole lot of uh, good options in that price range. You know, sub 500k, um, you'll take what you can get really. And I, I guess a big part of it um, will be the eye test this weekend in the uh, All Star game. He's starting for. Uh, the indigenous side, so it'll be good to see him on the park. See, see what he's looking like. Uh, hopefully, he can put up some good scores for uh, for for that price. Yeah, I, I really like him. I'm liking the superpod a little bit more, um, but uh, I trust Ryan James to stay on the field a bit more. Um, but yeah, Plus no, hasn't the done answer the... Sorry, plus Flegler hasn't really done a whole lot either. Oh mate, yeah is is Flegler on the worst contract in the NRL? What's he on? Six hundred grand. <laughs> Jeez, who's his agent? That's a good job. That is. Well oh, done. mate, yeah, probably that dude. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, six. That um, what was the dude that kept getting in trouble for um, you know, like he had like two thirds. Isaac Moses. Oh, yeah, had, like, the dude two, got deregistered. Two thirds of the club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably Isaac Moses. Six hundred grand. That is that is up there with the worst contracts in the NRL. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, no, that's like Kane LG esque. Oh, mate. I forgot about Kane LG. Um, yeah, good gear. No, I, yeah, I'll, I, yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens there. But, yeah, he's definitely on my short list. Um, now, the next two guys, I'm going to speak to them together. So, Ryan James, 1.5%. You have to think that's going to shoot up if he's the starting prop week one. Uh, Corey Harawiranaira and Ryan Madison, I want to speak about them together because I have the same concerns for both of them, which is that both of their coaches hate fantasy managers and their roles should be solid but aren't um do you who do you trust more brad arthur or uh ricky stewart and i mean (laughs) if 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 i told you that one of these guys was going to average 60 this year and one of them was going to average below 50 which one would you pick for which i would say brad arthur and Ryan Madison is more likely to average sixty than Harawira and Naira. How close am I? Well, that well, I would probably agree, but I I think that both of them are. 
I don't trust either of them at this point in the year. Both of these guys are somebody I'll be looking at mid-season. Once we, you know, we do the three-date rule, shout-out to TK, I'm talking league for that one. Um, that's that's the perfect prime candidates for the three-date rule there uh, where you want to see those, you know, those uh, consistent minutes, trustworthy, you know, the coaches, you know, Ryan Madison, contract year, Harrower and I are God knows what Ricky Stewart's doing with him. Um, you know, Elliot Whitehead is not a young man. Uh, I wonder if maybe he's going to end up in a reduced role at some point. He's what did he be? Thirty two, thirty three. Yeah, he'd be getting up there now. He's been around for a little while, hasn't he? Thirty two. Yeah, he's thirty two. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, he's. I mean, he's getting up there. At some point, they've got to realize that Elliot Whitehead's actually a lock, and um, and play him in that role. Uh, and obviously, Josh Hodgson's leaving at some point. You know, whether it's going to be this year or, or next year, I don't know. I'm seeing to think it's going to be this year, but, you know, their hooker depth isn't great, you know, losing the goat sliver of Ely. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Madison, contract year, Mitch Rain coming in, Jake Arthur hanging around, Papali'i on the way out, uh, RCG and Paulo both. I got corrected. I, I said the other day that RCG signed with the Dolphins, but he didn't. He re-signed with Para. So, yeah. Um, yeah, apparently the um, the Dolphins only want good players like Kenny Bromwich. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's actually legit. I I think RCG is, is just you know he's a, he's a spud personally. That's my opinion. But um, yeah, Madison obviously he's being told he's not welcome next year, so he's going to be looking for a team. And I think he can he can do some stuff. But I mean, at this point in the year, that amount of money six hundred eighty three k, I don't think he can justify spending that on a guy like Madison when you got Pangai there. With the dual fifteen k cheaper, mm. um, yeah, just just too much uncertainty with Mano. Um, uh, the new rules really do suit him though, because he doesn't bust that many tackles, but he does like an offload. So if he does go back to that eighty minute role, um, I definitely think Mano can push um, over sixty points this year. But he's just yeah. one of those ones, like you say, wait and see. Yeah, he's kind of a uh, early to mid second round draft pick for me. I think I'd be willing to take a, di- a roll roll the dice there. Mm. Um, given the the lack of quality in the edge position for sure. So I'd take him over. Uh, I'd be tossing up a coin between him and Angus Crichton, I think. I'd probably just take Crichton based on the job security. But, you know, yeah. Frizzell, Hudson Young, Mitch Barnett, I think I'd Madison is, is ahead of all of them draft-wise, um, if you don't mind a little bit of uh, risk in your risk profile. Now, Ryan, we've come to the end of the show and, mate, it's it's almost 90 minutes in and I really want to talk to you about my super pod before we finish up. Excellent. Let's do it. So last year, Mr. Jack Hetherington was hey. in so many teams and we talked everybody out of him and he, and he didn't do a great job. And, I mean, they had Luke Thompson there. They had, you know, a, you know, a bunch of other guys there. And, I mean, he was, you know... 33.2 average and, and play pretty big minutes uh, is not something that's that's a great thing. Uh, but, you know, he's looking like uh, he's going to start the season on that edge uh, with um, Raymond Fatalamarana if Raymond Fatalamarana is not available. Now, obviously, in, in an ideal scenario, Raymond Fatalamarana will be available and we'll pick him in week one. But if he's not, 424K, Jack Hetherington, if he's named on that edge, he's going to get the jewel. He will then, you know, you're looking at Jack, who has a three-game sample 
on the edge in the NRL of 80 minutes for 46 with no, with no try and 80 minutes for 50 with a try both against the Tigers, uh, which is interesting. Uh, and then a 27 in 70 minutes with a sin bin. <laughs> sin bin's uh, a part of his base. It wouldn't be. Sin bin is a part of his base. Um, so, yeah, so that's an average of 41 across three games of 75 minutes, give or take, uh, on the new scoring. Now, keeping in mind, he's currently priced at 34. So, I mean, obviously we take that Simbin out and I don't want to take the Simbin out because realistically there's a strong chance of him getting Simbin. Uh, and, that's a, and that's a 34 with 10 extra minutes to put up base stats. So I call it, you know, let's say even 37. You know, you got a 37. 46 and a 50 is 133 points to divide by three. That's a 44 average, which is, you know, your 10 points of value there. Now, in his reserve grade games on the edge, because he does have some reserve grade, you know, history on the edge as well, um, he's going to give us a nice little sample there of one, two, three, four, nine games. Now, it's not great. <laughs> Um, but obviously it was all 27, 2018. He's got two sin bins. Surprise, surprise. Uh, <laughs> and he does he does not mind a demerit. Let me just put it out there as negative 11 per game uh, on average um, in, in two sin bins. Um, but oddly, his, his game with the highest amount of demerits was not the game uh, that he was sin binned. So um, I think it was a game with a, a lot of missed tackles there. But, you know, in all the games where he played 65-plus minutes, oh, my God, average of 30, that's just terrible, uh, with two sin bins, though. So, you ca- I mean, you can't the, – the question you've got to ask yourself is, you know, at some point players need to grow up, and I feel like maybe um, Phil Gould might be the person to say to him, mate, you know, stop taking the piss. You're 25 now. You know, it's time to stop being as much of a moron as what you are and you have been in the past and, like, let's actually give this a crack. And I think if that's the case, he is going to represent some value there. The dogs have a tough draw and he is a kind of a base stat, you know, tackles and, and meters type of guy. Um, I can see him averaging in the mid 40s on an 80 minute edge roll. Obviously, I don't want to buy him. I'd love it to be Raymond Fatala Mariner, and I love to trust Ryan James. But Ryan James, 35 minutes a game, if that's where he goes, isn't going to get it done. Whereas an edge back roll, you know they're playing those big minutes, um, and he is at 1.1 percent. Ryan, I know I did a really good job of talking you out of my super pod, and I made it like I, I really want to stress that this is not a this is there's nothing sexy about this and there's like i mean it's it's fraught with danger but can you see the can you see the the light at the end of the tunnel all things going according to plan for jack hetherington look i i can just because like i say you know even the worst 80 minute back rowers can put up a 42 average you know like elliot whitehead averaged 42 last year you know what i mean like um, it doesn't take anyone special to put up a low 40s average. Um, Jack Hetherington, I think, certainly fits that bill. Um, <laughs> <is it? laughs> um, so look, I, I, I mean, how, how bad are we going that, like, 
the mid-range options we're considering are Jack Etherington and Wade Gray, and like both just absolutely fraught with danger. But we've got so few options that this is where we are. Like Sean Bloor has really just put a spanner in the works of a lot of people, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, like, I had Josh King penciled in in this role too at three hundred nineteen k. I was more than happy to take that risk on that. You know, thirty-five to forty-minute Melbourne Storm bench prop role, but. Since Sophie Solomon is back, he's put a big nail in the coffin of Josh King. That's, you know, he that's who he's killed. And that was my every single one of my teams had Josh King. And I'm now trying to find myself coming up with a solution in that mid, you know, that mid sub three sub four fifty k price bracket. And I've got Ryan James or Hetherington, and like I'm not happy with either of these two blokes. And but I can't, you know, you can't go into the season with three mids and no cover. Like, you can't mm. do it. I mean, I've got Welch, Stefano, and Pangai, but then, like, my only choice at this point is to, you know, sacrifice a, a better option in a different position to go and get a Tamalolo or something like that to add that fourth guy and shift Pangai into the, the thing. But, you know, I, I'll be stretching to a forward, um, to a full Cleary at that point, which is just not a, not a, not a, an option for me. And my only other option is, you know, go from nickel clock start down to, you know, having Pereira and Dunster and Coates and having to play two of them so I can afford to get four decent middles. Um, and, you know, so I, and I'm, I'm left exploring the pits of the mid-range mids and, and you know, this is what I've ended up with, Jack Hetherington. Yeah, it's uh, it's desperate times, but uh, oh, look, I see where you're coming from. Um, if he is playing 80 minutes, so, yeah, it's he's definitely one you've got to consider, um, even though it is fraught with danger. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I couldn't talk people out of it fast enough last year, and this year here I am bloody trying to talk people into it. <laughs> I'm not talking anyone into it. Do not buy Jack Hetherington. Don't <laughs> don't buy him and then be like, oh, Mark, he's a Jack Sini. Don't do it, right? Don't get him, right? <laughs> but if you <laughs> – don't do it. I, I ban you all from buying him. But, you know, if, you know, you're desperate and, and you're not blaming me, I'm just – just saying, I'm thinking about doing it. All right, like if you want to make that decision and run the gauntlet, you know, you, you put it on your own back. You don't, you don't come at me with some, you know, see, you know, are you senior type, you know, comments I've been getting this off season. Don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to put my name, my stamp of approval on Jack Hetherington, but I won't talk anybody out of it. I don't want to discuss it again. I'm bringing it up on this podcast, and I'm not going to mention it again. Until he's named Brown one and then you'll be all in. No, mate. Until it's like week six and he's averaging fifty five and I'll be like, see, I told you guys this is why you gotta to listen to the hundred minutes of podcast so you get this <laughs> hot tips here. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Oh. Good stuff. Mate, on that note, I reckon we I reckon we wrap it up. What do you think? Yeah, we've been talking long enough. Yeah, no, the people I know you guys want us to keep going, but that that'll be it. Uh, mate, we've got the All-Stars game this weekend. It's going to be exciting. Um, now, mate, I've had a, a special request from a gentleman on Instagram who's telling me they're doing their fantasy draft this weekend. Okay. So, um, yeah, well, mate, you're going to have to get a wriggle on and finish your, your draft ranking so that we can we can yeah. put it up for him. Cause he's... Yeah, they're, they're, they're nearly done. I can uh, probably yeah. get him out on, what, Thursday? I think we can get him out by yeah. then. Lovely. All right. Just tell Lucy you're unavailable for any relationship time for the next 48 to 72 hours and just make sure you commit to the to the draft rankings, okay? I think you mean eight months, mate. The next eight months. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gosh. All right. Cool. All right. Good stuff, guys. Thanks all for joining us. Hopefully you've uh, managed to suffer your way through this and, you know, hopefully you didn't just hit the turn off button at Jack Hetherington, but here we are. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go and have a, uh, a lozenge to rest my throat and I'll, you know, I'll, uh, you know, catch us on the, on the socials. Thanks for joining us. And we'll, we'll talk to you next week for um, some more fantasy content. Love you guys. Yeah, I was thinking, do we?